Yo, this is Everett Taylor, VP of Marketing at Skirt, the car in your pocket. You are now listening to The Angry Millennial. Thanks for tuning in and welcome to The Angry Millennial Podcast with your host, Jose Rosado, and co-host, Stevie Chris, where we talk to creatives and entrepreneurs from all walks of life and passions about the creative lifestyle, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Be sure to check out our site, theangrymillennialshow.com, and sign up for our newsletter to be eligible for prizes and giveaways, as well as stay up to date with new shows and upcoming guests. Hope you enjoy the show. Hey guys, who doesn't love really well-designed photography clothing? Check out clickgearclothing.com, a lifestyle for urban photographers. All Angry Millennial listeners can use coupon code ANGRYPHOTO to receive 20% off any order. And the first three people who sign up for our newsletter after the show will get a free $25 gift card. Now guys, be sure to also check them out on Instagram at clickgearclothingltd. What's going on, AM Nation, and welcome to the Angry Millennial Show. Today, we're chatting with co-founder and creative director of Laundry, PJ Richardson. PJ, thanks for coming out, man. Yeah, absolutely. Bit Thank of a bit of a craze of the traffic. Yeah, yeah, it was a little <laughs> little, uh, little wild ride down here. But, <laughs> yeah. You know. So let's uh, let's chat. First off, let's talk about kind of how we met and how we kind of got here. You know, I'm I'm back in California, um, like what two months later. When we met, yeah, and kind yeah, of yeah. sitting down, and and uh, let's chat about that. Yeah, no, I think uh, we would we met two and a, two months ago mm-hmm. at uh, WeWork in Santa Monica mm-hmm. with uh, through my friend Joel, and uh, who invited me down to do kind of a capabilities meeting with his agency that he's at now that that revolved around social media and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, we, we you know we went through it, went through the the motions, and it was fun, good energy, and and then we got the chatting after, and, and kind of kept in touch. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I, I was. I would say like I've uh, I've been like, I was advertising major growing you know in college and I was always into that kind of stuff and when I saw the work you guys were doing I was blown away. Like, oh awesome! Yeah. Thank you. And that Thank presentation you. was was the shit. I'll be honest. Like, oh good. I, I sit through a lot of fucked up presentations. Yeah and, yeah like, yeah. The the whole thing that was great. Okay. Oh, and um and I was like I saw that and I was like I gotta have this guy on the show. Oh that's awesome. I was like they do some sick work and uh you know you you went out to the East Coast and we're gonna get into that. You know, to go to school. So you actually went to Micah, that's and, right. uh, and that's where you met Joel. And yeah, we'll get into that in a little bit. But how, you know, uh, let's start from the beginning. Were you always creative? You know, did the design and kind of art direction and that kind of obviously not a kid, you know, yeah, yeah, no, running I, campaigns. But did it ever come out to you? Yeah. So the way I got into as a little kid, I just, I, yeah, definitely drawing and painting mm-hmm. from a really, really early age. Um, and uh, and also into computers, my you oh, know, okay. I got into Mac Paint when I was in like the second grade. Like, yeah, no, <laughs> nice, it was, it, was nice. it kept it all going. And then in high school, uh, well, middle school and high school, I was graffiti writer, and oh, uh, yeah, and so nice. typography, color, form, all that stuff. Kind of that's got awesome. Cooking. Come on, there. you got any scary stories? You got to have some. Oh yeah, I, was, <laughs> I remember one time that is wild we were you know riding on the side of a bus with a bunch of other kids and and the cops pulled up behind yeah. us and everybody drops their their markers yeah. and spray paint and i dropped mine and it slid down the the my shirt wrist <laughs> and because i was you know I was a pimple-faced 
kid with glasses yeah. Yeah. and I, would, I just kind of walked along and everybody else got popped for it except for me and i and i was like okay this I'm, i might be rolling the dice here too much yeah so, yeah 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 and then um but yeah and then in high school i took a a, a summer art class at the at, uh, oh, i don't even remember the name of because uh, you're from the bay area originally, yeah from right? san francisco okay i grew up in chinatown in san francisco and they they had this art college Academy of Art College, that's what it was. Hmm. I took a summer graphic design class and got into, and I didn't know what graphic design was. Right. I don't think anyone knew back then, to be honest. (laughs) No, not at all. So I started making album covers and like, I thought that you could, I thought the way you made graphic design was you printed out a bunch of different transparencies at Kinko's and stacked them (laughs) on top of each other. Which is kind of accurate the way layers work. Totally. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. I did it completely (laughs) rudimentary. I I made my uh, uh, Souls of Mischief album cover. Nice. And was like, oh, okay, yeah. I think I could do this. Yeah, and, yeah. and then uh got a scholarship to go to MICA, um, oh. rolled out there and was like, and I was kind of like, yeah, you know, I'll still, uh, maybe I want to be a painter and all mm-hmm. this stuff. And I got out there and, and let me back up and say that, you mm-hmm. know, everybody that goes to art school was probably pretty damn good at their high school. And then you go to art school exactly. and realize how pretty damn good you're not. Yeah. <laughs> compared, yeah. I was gonna to, say. compared to these like we, artistic geniuses. Exactly. We, so uh, I had an affinity for computers still and, and then okay. just kind of found the graphic design thing and then that kind of turned into a buddy of mine my third year turned me on to after effects and motion graphics and oh, kind of ran from there nice that's yeah. awesome so tell me i mean you know what what was what were your days like in maryland you know where you met our mutual friend joel you know how'd you like your time in crabland you know because oh, i'm, I'm yeah. fairly new to the area but um so I, like I grew up in Chinatown, San Francisco, which is about as busy as it can possibly yeah. get. And yeah. so when I went out there, my 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 first reaction to it was that it was like I didn't care for it that much at first. Yeah. It was just boring. Like it was <laughs> like like San Francisco on a quiet holiday weekend Sunday was a busy day in Baltimore. <laughs> like, so it was it was it, you know right. So it took some getting used to, but I. Over after four years, I loved it. Yeah, I would. I absolutely adored every charming part of it, from how small it was to just the kind of the old history of mm-hmm. it, mm-hmm. And, and certainly met a ton of creative people. Yeah, but when it came time to get a a, a job, it was just was more challenging than mm-hmm. than being in some of the bigger cities, particularly because I knew pretty much by the end of it that I wanted to do motion graphics and animation. Mm-hmm. So, and I did my internships and all that stuff. Yeah, the, I was trying to go big and that's no and that's you know and you mentioned it it's you know after you left michael like you said you you went straight for the big time you know you went straight to la and this is you know around the turn of the century so i mean you know 1999 right that around the time and i mean y2k was a big thing and we all thought these computers gonna kill us nothing happened but it you know you took a big risk and it you know i want to hear about so, so like you said you were in school and you know, you, you learned your craft, figured out what you wanted, met some really cool people, and then you came out here. And tell me about what kind of the beginning, those early times were, because, you know, I know you spent some time at Razorfish and Fuel early on, then you freelanced for a few shops. You know, so kind of what was that like before you found your, you really want to do your own thing? Yeah, I mean, so my first job was at this company, Fuel, that then got acquired by Razorfish. And it was at a time where there was only you know, maybe a dozen at most animation motion graphic studios that were doing work for advertising and, and TV networks. And it was amazing. Yeah. I, I I got sort of 
thrown in with the misfits of motion graphics. Nice. And it was, but it was awesome. It was intense. Are they still around? Razorfish? Mm, Razorfish is, yeah. Oh, okay. the, the fuel arm of it, oh, not yeah, so yeah. much. Yeah. Um, but it was, it was crazy. It was just all this really talented, young, super aggressive, super confident creatives that were just working towards that's cool making amazing yeah work and it it's something that's really stuck with me in the sense of like you can you can make the craziest thing in the world and and very likely a very good client will want to buy that and and it it taught me a lot about just being pretty yeah pretty pretty, pretty (laughs) ballsy creatively um you know i think it was it was really really hard and working long hours but it mm-hmm. didn't feel like it because yeah. everybody was was, was just kind of going for it yeah um there's something said about that you know like when you i think for a lot of um young people when you go the corporate route right it's like you you start at the bottom and you just are like literally touching shit with your hands all day like that's your job yeah right and but you you kind of you kind of um have a a a way of connecting with everyone your age because you all hate your job and you all are doing the shitty work that wants to do and then you can maybe hopefully kind of rise up in the ranks together. But I think for for creative people, it's like that kind of is the opposite effect. It's like if you like you said, you really get along when you can go somewhere where everyone's doing cool shit and everyone's fully invested. Oh, yeah. Know? And this and was like awesome. it had a very I mean, it was, it kind of technically was with the Razorfish thing, but it had a very startup mentality mm-hmm. like where I was like, I mean, there was art directors and creative directors somewhat, but they're like, if you can think it. Let's throw you it. in the fire yeah. and see what happens. Yeah. I mean, we had, you know, we'd be, you know, on a Pepsi shoot with Kanye West or, you know, uh, uh, you know, any, I'm trying to think of like, you know, meeting the heads of, of Nokia for a logo animation. Like it was just, That's it cool. was wild. Like That's it was, cool. It, yeah, it was, it was reckless, but I, I think it, it was a very, very good educational experience, both in being creatively bold, like we talked about, mm-hmm. but it also, now in retrospect after years and years of doing this mm-hmm. one thing i totally missed or didn't understand at the time was mm-hmm. just how much it um how important your team is yeah and like having like-minded and bold mm-hmm. creators around you because if there's one you kind of feel on an island if there's 10 of you all the same but different in their own ways pushing each other it just elevates the game oh hell yeah very quickly oh yeah oh yeah and it was no. definitely kind of that that's awesome and yeah. like we're gonna get into that what you know how, how you kind of started laundry and and kind of took everything you were learning but i think what's neat is at Razorfish, or say fuel or whichever it was yeah. right that the the culture was very much of like the failure is acceptable you know oh, like like learn like you know i mean that's the way you're gonna learn that is i yeah i definitely have it, Deep thoughts on that, but yeah, that was very, that was very much the like, we can get into it, man. Yeah, no, I mean, mean? that was, that was, that was definitely it. It was just make stuff, make stuff, make stuff, make it crazy. Mm -hmm. Like if they're asking for, you know, you know, level 10, give them level 200, even if it doesn't seem like it's what the ask is and and just sort of see what happens. happens. Yeah. And you get rejected a lot on a lot of things creatively, like any creative, but we were so young, we just didn't even care. care. <laughs> <laughs> like it didn't, it didn't, you know what I mean? It didn't yeah, phase yeah. us. It was just that's uh, great. Yeah, I mean, like I said, you know, I, I hate to bash the corporate world, but let's be honest. I mean, a lot of times the failure in that in that field is much different. Um, you know, you got people who fuck up, and then all of a sudden they're like hiding it and freaking out. They're gonna get fired. Yeah, and it's this weird thing where it's like, I think there's this 
this weird stigma in any industry around failure, but even creative where it's mm-hmm. like you, you're afraid to fail or you're mm-hmm. afraid to admit you failed, mm-hmm. but then you then restrain yourself because you're so worried about it that then it dials it back. And I, and I've even suffered that myself the yeah. past few years. And I recently just kind of let go of it mm-hmm. and said, okay, I could be wrong. I'm going to, maybe I'm wrong in this meeting. It's not the end of the world. And right. I'm not a loser. Right. And you know, screw it. And, yeah. And been doing so, you just you just make a lot more stuff. You try a lot more things, and mm-hmm. it's ultimately, we've seen it at our studio. I much more it. successful. I believe once, it. Once we kind of let that go. Yeah. And speaking of that, you know, you know, laundry. I'm oh, sorry, laundry. No, right? Because I'm just teasing. Because there's an exclamation point. I want yeah. to see, make sure I said it right. But it's been amazing to watch. I mean, you guys have a clients like NASCAR, Chevy, eBay, Nike. You know, Wrigley, Honda, Unilever. I mean, and all of it has been really killer stuff, you know? Thank you. And, you know, tell me, I want two, so two things. Tell me, like, you know, what, what it was, tell me about your co-founder, yeah. so Anthony Liu, uh, and, and how you guys came together and what your process was like. Because, like, we know many partnerships are like, are like a second marriage. You know what I mean? Like, 100%. 100%. <laughs> it, it really is. And, uh, but I want to also know, like, like you had mentioned how, how that your time at, um, at, you know, fuel and, and the other shops you were freelancing for all before you, you took the jump for laundry kind of made you feel, okay, when I start my own thing, what am I going to take, you know, from those experiences, whether, you know, in regards to hiring in regards to, like you said, the risk you take, the clients you go after, um, because those early years, I'm sure, were interesting. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you, you guys, I wish I could have seen the 700-square-foot studio where Lonnie yeah. started. You totally. know I mean? In Hollywood. Um, but, yeah, tell me about Anthony. And uh, yeah, so Tony, out. yeah, Tony's a rocker. He's he's and he's amazing. He he's, keeps laundry together on so many levels. Um, he, I met him personally through friends because he, he went to college with a high school friend of mine at UC Santa Cruz. Oh, okay. Um, and he came from the film side of things. Oh, but nice. He was you know, he's great at After Effects and, mm-hmm. and 3D and, and we came together and we we're sort of like, we had sort of had it with our jobs, which it really, we were just burnt out, but, yeah. I, I, and, but we we're like, okay, let's see, we can do this. Mm-hmm. Um, he had a, a client contact at AOL and I had one at Yahoo. Oh, no shit. My brother used to work there. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. We, and we did a couple of jobs that, that paid marginally well, instead mm-hmm. of putting the money in our pocket, we just, we, Went all in bank account and started this. Yeah, this small little space got a couple desks, uh, you know, a bathroom and and some computers. (laughs) I say usually that's a good thing. Yeah, (laughs) but but with him it's great. You know, I think we one thing that's that we whether I guess it was probably partly purposeful, but Mm -hmm. but kind of found its own way. Like I tend to be more like graphic design driven and Mm -hmm. and a little bit more of the like sort of outward talker whereas he's a lot better at, at the operations business side and, right. and technical animation and, oh, okay. and cinematic approach stylistically yeah. Yeah. um and so we we found this sort of like duo dynamic you know but but then what we've and this is sort of the evolution of i think a, a, a co-partnership where we used to kind of do our own thing a little bit and but right. it was always sort of it didn't really work but we both kind of wanted to, to share you know the creative wins and loses right. and then the, over the past couple of years we really came together and we co-creative direct everything we co-direct everything and that's awesome yeah we really really like you know and we're both versatile enough that like if you know something's graphic and i'm too busy and he works on it 
he can pick it up or right. more cinematic all kind of pick right. it up. It's really, really good. And I think the other thing that's worked exceptionally well for the two of us is that we're not super duper reactive. So if something like crazy happens, we both sit on it for a few days, see kind of where it lands. And right. usually it's not anything crazy. That exactly. Just want to strangle each other. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it's, it's that's been, good. Uh, yeah. It's been, it's, it's been great. He's, he's, Amazing. That's awesome. And I, I seen a picture. I must have been old, but he had like you know longer hair. Well, it's funny. We were hair. just talking about that oh, yesterday. Yeah. He, he has short hair now. Oh, okay. We're, we're like, you I was know, say, you he looks like an Asian Orlando Bloom. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I know. I was like, we, well, I told him I was like, we, we we wanted to ask you to shave off the top and have a mullet for like a day, and he but he he he, <laughs> he didn't do it. Yeah. No. It's like the, no, no. No. It's not gonna happen. No. So. <laughs> Yeah, that's funny. We totally just had a whole long hair conversation <laughs> just yesterday. That's funny. Yeah. So I mean, and and honestly, you guys were a duo in that sense. You know, you rock it pretty short. He's got long totally. hair. Totally. <laughs> I know. I got the I got the the, the shaved bald head exactly. Yeah, yeah. So tell me, like, you had like you said when you when you when you had this big job, and you were smart and invested in. Okay, let's do it right. Yeah. And let's put all this money into starting our own thing. And you had a couple of tables. So what was that like? How long was it until you pulled in people? Did you and did you pull in like, you know, some ten to nine guys, or did you really was it a big enough check where you could say, All right, we're gonna literally bring on some full time guys no, and scale up? Yeah, no, we had a we let's see what did we have? We had we hired a producer, mm-hmm. we had an intern, and then once a week or once every two weeks bookkeeper. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just brought in freelancers for some animation stuff, yeah. usually like one or two at a time. Mm-hmm. And then it started to become frequent enough in the office small enough that we're like, okay, time to upgrade after. I think it was like a maybe a year or two. That's not bad. Still. Yeah. 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 That's and great. So, you know, we're pretty frugal with, with our money and mm-hmm. kept an eye on the budgets and the actuals and we still do. Yeah. And, smart. And, and uh just tried to do the most we could without bankrupting ourselves on any <laughs> given job, you know. Right, right, right. I mean, yeah, it's uh especially what you guys do, where it's sometimes it's you know, yeah, they're big jobs, but at the same time, they're big moving parts. So, you know, the the actual profit part of it is you have to be watching that and say, okay, you know, are we going to be smart and say we have always like a six month or a year of runway, no matter what? You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, it's I mean that the jobs themselves because it's such a subjective uh, field, I mm-hmm. guess, or or at least the the product, the end product, so subjective mm-hmm. can run away pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just, it's, it is, it's a ton of moving parts. It's, mm-hmm. um, I think we spend as much time on that and, and managing that as we do on, on making the work itself. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's why sometimes like, you know, I think of like the bigger agencies and all that kind of stuff and, and what they do. And part of me is like, it's great, but some of that stuff, they gotta be maybe breaking even if it doesn't go sideways or. I mean that's a, that's a big issue yeah. in our industry right yeah. now, at least with the motion graphics and advertising stuff. Is you know pro bono breaking even when to break even when not to mm-hmm. kind of playing the mm-hmm. the you know the numbers game on that and mm-hmm. how that kind of works. It's 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 pretty wild. So tell me, you you brought up something interesting, uh, like spec work. Yeah, I'm I'm sure you have your opinion. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And tell me, is it is it something that you still like where you guys are at now? Let's say you're pretty comfortable, right? I mean, you could essentially say, okay, I'm going to, they come to you. You might pitch them an idea, not necessarily a finished thing. And is, does that enough, you know, or is it now like, you know, you know, even like actors, right? You're still good enough, but you're still gonna have to audition. 
and you and you know like what's that kind of like and and has it changed i'm sure because it used to be a lot more spec work immediately got you the work but now it's kind of like muddled and it's all over the place i mean we still we still pitch like design concepts where Mm -hmm. we do like literally we don't do a ton of motion tests but like in a pitch we'll put we'll present designed out in photoshop style frames that that achieve what they're asking for and Mm -hmm. sometimes quite a few of them um you know there's times where but it's also just because we were sort of trained to do that we've done that since we started but i think recently we've kind of found both our confidence and sort of our our we owe it to the idea to not and to ourselves as experts to not um just be like it almost like paint swatches. If we give them 10 paint swatches and they're just going to pick one, they'll change their mind and pick the other one. But if we come in and say, Hey, this is the idea that's going to solve this problem. And right. do like, you know, one or two frames or, mm-hmm. or very limited amount mm-hmm. and a little explanation about why mm-hmm. it repositions ourselves as, as much more of an expert, which we right. are, we yeah. just never told ourselves that <laughs> so we've been trying to do a little bit more of that, you know? Yeah. Spoiler. Humans are pretty fucking good at self-deprecation. <laughs> totally. I, I mean, no, no, that's exactly it. And we've, you know, and it took a lot of like trial and error to get mm-hmm. there and kind of f- figuring out what other people were doing similarly. And mm-hmm. it's, it's, but you know, it, it's all, you set yourself up. If you give yourself, if you just come in and say, you know, pick your 10 colors design comp wise, mm-hmm. then at the end of the job or in the middle of the job, when they change something for no reason, you don't you have nothing yeah. to fall back on because yeah. you kind of set it up that way a little mm-hmm. bit. So mm-hmm. no, like you said, it's it's definitely something that um both who you're going after and where you're at in your career dictate what you think is the right way to do it. Um, but like most things, you, you learn and you pivot and you learn and you repivot and yeah, you're I mean, starting to get your 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 streak going, as you said, right? Yeah, and that's and I think that's I think part of it is, you know. Clients will ask. They they'll mm-hmm. ask you to pitch. They'll ask for free work. Mm-hmm. Um, we, you know, I'm not going to name any of them, but they'll sometimes take your work and give it to someone else to mm. produce. Mm-hmm. No, that's, or, that's what I mean. Worse. That's why. That's why it's you know it's, it's so it's, it's so tricky. You yeah, know what I mean? yeah. I mean, I've grown a thick skin for it. I don't. You know, I sort of look at the bright side of it. It's just a backhanded compliment with or a compliment when stuff like that happens. Yeah. But, you know it. But bolder it, than me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean it's you know. What can you do? What can right. You do? Yeah. Whatever. What can you it's, do? It's you know. We just try to do our you know. Yeah. Be confident and be the best we can be with stuff. Yeah. Uh, Have you ever? There was a show. It didn't last long. I think it was called The Pitch. Hmm. Did you ever see it? It was like a reality series where. Oh, I think I did. Where, it was in New York or something. Yeah, like where a bunch of like, you know, uh, different size. Uh, agencies would kind of just they would go through like literally pitching client work and you saw how a couple of them worked and all that kind of stuff but it's yeah like you said it's by design it's um kind of flawed because again you're asking someone to pretty much do 80 percent of the work before you even give them a yes or no answer yeah I know. <laughs> you know what i mean and uh and it's 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 tough man it's tough and it's the same thing with like photography you know or anything else it's um you know, people ask you, well, what's the idea? And I go, I'll paint a great picture for you, but that's, that's about it. You know, yeah, <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? Like, um, but I, I get it. You know, I, I've been there too where um, for photographers, uh, a lot of the bigger kind of people will say, well, let's see how it feels, right? They right. don't fucking know you from a hole in the wall. I get that. Yeah. And, and they'll say, well, 
you know, let's do this gets one job out of the way at a discounted rate, AKA or no rate. Right. Yeah. And say, let's see how, if we're a good fit and we could work and then we'll go from there. And in the nineties and early two thousands, that generally, if you, if you kill that one job, you then became the baby became a client. You were getting at work. Nowadays, I mean, like you said, it's it's starting to be where it's a lot more of you know brands and bigger companies saying, "Well, we'll give you the exposure," or "Hey, we'll give you a mention on social." Yeah, and it's like uh, no. It, it, I think where it where it and where we've kind of netted out at least with our studios mm-hmm. is if we if there's something that intrigues enough of us in mm-hmm. the studio to want right. to do it, we'll, right. we'll kind of. You know, yeah. whether it pays or it pays very little or it pays a lot or or not at all, yeah. we'll 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 let that drive good. whether we want to do it or not. Because, like you said, it's 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 better that way than top down. Yeah, you know, hey I guys, mean, me and Tony love this, and everyone else is groaning, and you're like, well, we had an on. interesting we had an interesting sort of period with that. Where a couple of years ago we we had a different uh, team in the office leadership wise and did a, you know. Very well-paying work, but pretty miserable work as far mm. as it went, with a few exceptions. And and it wasn't until that got all cleared out that we and we started doing all the work we were doing this past couple of years that we're like, wow, the, the team's inspired, mm-hmm. and it and they yeah. just started doing a lot better work. But mm-hmm. simultaneously, it also invited all the clients we had wanted to get mm-hmm. but couldn't get, and mm. and it was you yeah, know, got your swagger, man. Yeah, you no, know, I mean, you know, what it mean? was just, it, but it was just, you know, I think you. It's just that age with the accessibility of the internet that you mm-hmm. have to be really, really creative to to do really well. I don't think you can kind of rest on your laurels. No. It doesn't seem like no, um, and, and that's especially that. I mean, when you when you have like whether it's an agency or, or, or studio, and you sit there and go, "Well, remember that? Remember that thing? Remember that thing? Like ten years ago, yeah, we made that. It's yeah, like, yeah. But what the fuck have you done since then? And if well, you haven't, I mean, that's really it. Yeah. Like, because I mean, and because I mean. It's gotten far, you know, long enough now that I even look at like stuff that you know ten years ago, where I was like, "Wow, yeah, we really rocked it." I look at it now, I'm like, "Oh wow, no, that looks old," <laughs> you know. So it's oh wow, let's never make anyone see that ever. Again, totally, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. No, and that's what it is, right? We're artists. I mean, I remember like I used to do a lot of magazine work, and that sucked because it would be a similar fight, right, to get what you thought you were getting paid, and. um a lot of the bigger guys would look at it as just like part of their marketing budget. You right. know what I mean, right? And and then what killed me was like if you shot something and either if you had a suitor, it would still take a few months. Or if you shopped it around, you could be shopping around for months before it gets picked up. And just like any creative, by the time it goes up and it's out, and I'm t- like, I want to tell people, oh, check it out, it's on the you know newsstands, magazine stands. I, I fucking hated it. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I don't even want to show anyone this, you yeah. know? And that's. Well, that's, that's, I think I was just talking to my dad about this on the phone, actually on the way here, but that's the hardest part, you know, like when you're doing it, when you're making it, you know, you go through that phase, right? Where at the beginning you win the job, you're like, ah, that's the coolest idea ever. I'm <laughs> glad they picked that <laughs> right. most of the time. Right. Then you get in the middle of the job and you're like, I don't know, you stress out. I don't know what I'm doing here. I don't know what it's going to be. I don't right. know. Right. And then you get to the last minute, which most creatives do and kind of at the last second you don't have time to overthink it yeah you make something just, and then react just do you it. react yeah, yeah, you yeah. do it you know your instincts kick in mm-hmm. you don't question it mm-hmm. and then you produce it and with your team and it's amazing mm-hmm. you're like oh my god i can't believe we did that it's awesome yeah everybody claps and then a week later you're like 
And then like maybe three months later, you're like, oh yeah, that's kind of awesome. And then like a year later, you're like, oh, that's old. Like, yeah. so it, it just, yeah. it goes, yeah. you know, it goes, the, it, yeah. has its, it goes its roller coaster. And right it's, there. it's, and like, I remember you ever, you ever heard of this uh, comic series, What the Duck? No. Oh my God. You got to check it out. It's what the, I think it's whattheduck.net. So it's a, it follows around a photography, a photographer duck. And it just has all these funny, you know, all the shit we always see, right? Any creative really. And there was one where it was called the creative cycle. And it was like, everything I'm, I was like, everything I make is okay. Everything I make is great. Everything I make sucks. Right? Like he sees yeah. someone else's work and he goes, everything I make is great again. Yeah. <laughs> it's no, like, it's exactly, it's exactly it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. it's, it's, um, I don't know. That's cool. It's no, just, it's, I hear, I do, you know, a lot of people are mm-hmm. like, oh, the industry is not what it used to be. And, yeah. You know, the spec work. What do they thing think it is? Mad Men? Yeah, totally. I mean, you just kind of navigate it as long as you have the the stamina for mm-hmm. it. It's always, I mean, it's going to be this people 10 years from now are going to say the same thing about oh, of course. the times not being like they are now. It's right. just, it's just things change. Yeah. 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 No, for sure. So, you know, speaking of that, right, you know, after a few years that you were with laundry, yeah, uh, you then decided to work as an adjunct professor at the uh, Art Center College of Design. Oh, yeah. So how do you, how did you find teaching? Like, did, you know, did you enjoy it? Like passing on all your knowledge and skills and that kind of thing. And uh, tell me about that. So, yeah, the way I got into it was there was a, a, a storyboard design course at Art Center mm-hmm. that a teacher was supposed to teach and couldn't do at the last minute. And a friend of a friend called me and was like, Hey, would you fill in? So I was like, okay, fine. I'll, I would, I, you know, let me go check this out. Mm-hmm. I want to try something new. Um, and I loved it. It was incredible. Yeah. It was incredible to be able to teach and share ideas with the students. Um, you know, I, I think it, teachers are underappreciated. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, that, yeah. That's, that's all I got. <laughs> uh, that's, that's what I'll tell you about that. It was just, it, it and, I, a lot of unexpected things happened. Like it mm-hmm. was as much of a learning experience for me because you just saw this sort of fresh, raw enthusiasm and mm-hmm. people um, bringing such unique ideas to something that, you know, I, I'd bring in assignments that were fairly true to what our assignments were that we were taking on mm-hmm. at Laundry or at Past Studios. And they would just bring such wild, unique twists to it because they just didn't know better. Yeah. And that part's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was. But then there was also an amazing challenge to try to get people to think differently, you know, not under the deadline of trying to get design comps done in a couple hours mm-hmm. or, or, you know, real client parameters, but really try to be like, okay, let's try to do something new. Let's, you know, uh, I don't know. Let's, let's, what can we do that just is, is never before been done? Mm-hmm. Um, we did this one assignment that I loved that was, that was really fun. We would take, I get two bags, right? Mm-hmm. In one bag, I would put some, like a word, an adjective, a verb, or, you know, mm-hmm. something like some snippet of a story mm-hmm. and put a, cut them out on paper, put them in there. In the other bag, I would put a technique or a material or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, it could be wire, it could be yeah, stop yeah, motion yeah. or something yeah. like that. The students had to pick one out of each mm-hmm. and create a story and a set of imagery that combined them visually. Mm-hmm. Kind of like uh, Cards Against Humanity. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's cool. Yeah, and we'd get these really, really crazy ideas that would come out of it, and it would, it would, it was um, that's awesome. Mess with people's minds. Yeah, yeah, but it was cool. It was a lot of fun. But what I thought, and I did, so I taught there for three years, maybe. Hmm. Um, 
where I netted out with it, which is, you know, this is this, this happened at, at all art schools where, you know, the teacher comes in, gives the assignment, they come in, do the critique, and that was sort of that. Mm-hmm. Well, these students are paying a phenomenal amount of money to go to this school. Right. And what I realized is that it would be more beneficial if I actually created a course, you know, coursework where I showed them how to do things, how I got to stuff mentally. Mm-hmm. But what I figured out was that it was way too much work and yeah. more time than I had. That's, that's what I was going to say. Like, I was going to ask you, like, why'd you leave? Was it too much of a time suck? And it that's was. usually what it ends up it being. It is. It you was, know what I mean? I loved it. It was so inspiring up at their campus, but it was an hour each way. Mm. Usually at night. And yeah. I just yeah. didn't have time between yeah. family life and work life to to properly prepare the course. And mm-hmm. I just didn't want to. I thought it was kind of rip off for the students. Yeah. If I didn't for sure. live up to that. Yeah, so. for sure. You know, and was it, I'm, like, I love how you were talking about, like, uh, uh, one that I want to touch upon. It's like how younger people have this raw, like you said, raw imagination and enthusiasm. That like you think of like the way kids like little kids approach things, right? Oh yeah, straight. I think it's very similar. Where they're not squandered yet. Yep. <laughs> right. But also, you know, what was it like for you? Did it did it did it remind you of your days at Micah? You know, like was it was it kind of like almost apropos to be like here I am now, like yeah, teaching I, the next generation. I, I think I think honestly, I think they were better. They were just <laughs> they were just more. Uh, creative and imaginative mm-hmm. um and that's cool you know i, I don't know they they i mean I, I have a lot of love for micah but i it just it, it was yeah they, i don't know just the 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 volume of imaginations mm-hmm. were, were really insane that's great um, but i think something that i would and this isn't a micah thing or anything because mm-hmm. they didn't even have animation when i was there really but right the technical ability was incredible really? yeah. well you gotta figure we're this is the first generation these kids come up now where they They've always had a computer. Yeah. So, you know, there's that. Totally. It was exactly. I mean, uh, we were like growing up, we were probably like, you know, middle class, upper middle class. And we had, I think I got my first, we got our first family computer at like, I was uh, 10, you know? So, like, even that, argue it's, it's early, right? But this is the days where like, Remember, you go online, it was the chat rooms and AOL discs. And, yeah. like, you know, if you were on the computer, your mom couldn't be on the phone. So you had to only go like yeah, an hour the, a day. The 14 4. <laughs> yeah. 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 So it was like, it wasn't at all, you know, my experience what these kids have nowadays. But God, these kids, Christ. But, you know, it's true. You know what I mean? Like, and, and I, I talk a lot to you about that. You know, I tell them, like, we just even the last 10 years, right? The last 10 years, what we've seen a boom in terms of technology and, and what's impossible is unheard of, Yeah. right? And, and then you couple that with people who just don't know any better. Like to them, that's a phone. Like yeah. that computer in your pocket, Yeah. that's just a phone. And I'm like, you remember fucking texting when it was like, doot, 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 one, doot, 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 D. Yeah. <laughs> doot, doot. And every text message costs like two bucks to reply to. Totally. <laughs> you know what I mean? They'll never know that. No. But like you said, it's it's really interesting what that is able to do to a creative type person when they have those kind of tools at their disposal. Well, I love it because it's like, and it's not because they're young per se, but I, mm-hmm. you know, I think that, you know, there's this thing, I feel like a lot of work that like creatively that's done, mm-hmm. you know, it'll be beautiful at times. A lot of the time it will be, but mm-hmm. I don't think they take into account the end user or mm-hmm. end viewer quite as much and right. i think younger people sort of get that because yeah. they're more 
they're they're in it yeah. more. But yeah, like, yeah. you know, they understand like, okay, I'm on my phone. I'm going to be on mobile. So like, what we create animation wise needs to read to work on mobile. It mm-hmm. needs to be entertaining enough to want to watch it all the way through. Short enough that you know a thumb scroll won't go right, right past it right. and you know, graphic enough that it works at that size, you know, but I, I think it's true. I never thought about it like that. Like you said, they, they are ingesting the thing that they're trying to design now. Yeah. But I think a lot of people get stuck in or a lot of brands. They some get stuck in these ways where they're like, Oh, I can make one commercial and that's going to be great not, for everybody. And it's, it's not, not yeah, you have to yeah. do, you know, 50 pieces of content that are maybe shorter so mm-hmm. that you, you stay on top of people's feeds. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, uh, no, it's true. And like you said, it's, it's not, not everything works. And I think we've noticed that. Like, if you notice, even just like, say, social media, for instance, right? People would go, Oh, I can just post to Facebook and then it'll go to Instagram and to Twitter and do this. And that's fine. I'll just do it here and it'll just get blotted out, you know? But like, we all know that looks robotic as shit. Well, and, and it's just once. Yeah. Like, so, yeah. so that like 30 second snippet at 8 a.m., you know, at 6 p.m. You know, you may have twenty likes, and the next day you have none, and and that ships fast. <laughs> if you do it frequently, you know, yeah, you know, it's yeah, yeah. I don't know. That's that I I love like the understanding or trying to understand how that works, and mm-hmm. also seeing it kind of evolve. Yeah, it's an interesting challenge to make media that keeps up with that too. You know, it is. You know, and 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 you can argue that maybe we're in the um, most like we were actually having this me and Brett were having this conversation today about like how clothing like right started. It was like oh everything was tailor made. Like yeah. back in the day, right? Everyone had a tailor. If you were rich enough, you had a tailor, right? Yeah. And then you had, you know, uh, still like people who just in like not, like appreciated good clothes, right? Like they don't say they don't make it like they used to kind of stuff. And then we we transitioned into like the ultra casual type thing where everyone, every grown man wears a hoodie and, and jeans, every all every, like a fucking 13 year old. Yeah. And then we have like American Apparel and H&M, which is basically disposable clothing. Right. It's cheap as shit and it falls apart within like a couple months. Like, yeah. But it's acceptable. Yeah. So it's kind of like I wonder if that's kind of the way we're going, where you sit there and say people's attention spans are are small. There's you know 10 million platforms. It's hard to keep up. Keep it tight. Keep it small and memorable for sure. But I don't think we have any companies now that can say they're still going to run the same ad from 50 years ago, like a Tootsie Roll pop, and it's still kind of in your head. You know, yeah, like it it's hard. It's annoying. really hard to do. Right. I mean, I think everything is just context, and, mm-hmm. and you know, and and just how humans as a whole work. It's mm-hmm. it's a trip. But yeah, I, I hear you on that. That's it's. I have this weird like theory that that things are like how we absorb media and advertising, or or in a lot of cases, how we choose to ignore it is <laughs> is uh, going to get shorter and shorter and shorter. But a mm-hmm. lot of it is like, you know, faster is usually or well, sometimes more premium, mm-hmm. but I wonder if at some point the cycle is going to hit and there'll be a backlash, you know, a premium backlash that becomes longer form again yeah. or something like that. I know? think we're seeing it in writing. Yeah, like with medium.com and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that suddenly now it was like, no, no, you got to put like a couple hashtags to caption, that's it. And now I think we're hitting like that, even shit, even Twitter's expanding. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, you sit there and say, yeah, I think people are starting to be like, hey, I want actual like, contextual stuff and like I want to feel something I want to read I want to be invested I want to go on a little little journey with words yeah and and I'm happy because that's the way I always have been yeah I mean think about like this show it's uh it's an hour long some people tell me like dude whoa 15 minutes is what you got to do for a podcast and I'm like 
Mm, I'm good. Yeah. I don't think I could get anything out in 15 minutes is worth value. No, I, I think podcasts are interesting. Mm-hmm. They're, they're like, I think it's the one medium that you can get away with it being longer right now. Mm-hmm. It's I, I didn't listen to many podcasts and someone told me I should and I started, I listened to one or two and was, it was completely engaged. Mm-hmm. I think it was because it was a conversational yeah. thing. Yeah, like you said. And it's, so it's, you know, speaking of that, like you said, like the younger kids getting their, you know, their imagination and all that kind of stuff. What about you? Like you've done some wild shit, right? Design wise. And where do you pull some of your inspiration? I mean, is it, is it like you said, is it like client, a little client driven where you just take their idea and kind of mold it? Or is it like you're pitching them ideas that you pursued like in your personal work or downtime, whatever? I think it's all of it. Yeah. I think, you know, I mean, with client work, I don't, I don't do very too, like I don't do like side work or or Mm -hmm. freelance work anymore, but I I do a lot of like design experimentation stuff on the side, but Mm -hmm. It all kind of interrelates, like client work, especially. Like they give, they usually give you some snip of an idea, and you just have to take that and mm-hmm. figure out some unique way to to retwist it back to them. Right, right. Um, what I find is that it's usually a combination or a version of being really abstract about it, mm-hmm. or um, or extremely detailed about it, mm-hmm. and whether it's visually or illustratively, mm-hmm. or or even just you know, making sure that every decision, you know, decision matters. Like Tony and I have this thing where it's like assign a reason that, that, you know, comes back to what the client's asking for or what they're selling or what the user's experiencing in a very deliberate way. Like, you know, if the light's coming in naturally, it's because we want to convey a feeling of, of, of warmth or, or of realness, you Mm -hmm. know, or if, uh, like in, we just finished a newer project where, the illustration style was matching their style guide mm-hmm. and it was great because it matched everything that they're doing visually. So if you took one glance at it, you'd be like Uber, but then we thought, okay, well, how's it going to animate and why would it animate in a certain way? Mm. So we came up with this very left to right animation style. And what that represented to us was this idea of getting from A to B very oh. smoothly. Yeah. So, but it became That's some smart shit. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> but it became like, it was abstract, but it became a, a an easy thing that was like, an ownable look for animation, mm-hmm. but also was also very easy to explain to the artist working right. on it animation wise. That right. it, it does this and this because this is what it ties back mm-hmm. to. Mm-hmm. So, and like you know. said, that's a good point that it was, um, it's not only you conveying that to the client, it's also like working with your team. Like how do I convey this to the person who's literally going to do the work, you know, yeah. in, in a way that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, in this, as far as some of the wilder stuff goes, like we we did the Simpson project this year. That, that was, was trippy. Yeah, and and I mean, really, all that came down to like we didn't even think that that was wild in our office, but <laughs> a lot of other people did. But it, you know, so a lot of the time with these projects that we work on, mm-hmm. we think like we think it's oh, it's all about us, and yeah, this you know what can we bring new, but. In reality, a lot of these brands have existed for a really long time mm-hmm. on a much larger scale than that single animation and right. video that we're working on. But they've also been treated the same way for so long in so many different ways. So it's like, yeah. okay, how do you do it differently than what's already been done? Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's just taking pieces out of it and just reducing it down to the bare elements. Like Simpsons, it was yellow, black lines, and those eyeballs. And it's like, okay, and then just move them around and, and you know, see, <laughs> yeah. see kind of what happens. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, 
So, you know, I don't know. Was, other than that, I, I think we just, we just try a lot of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, you said it. I mean, and plus there's a, there's a little bit of, even when clients say they know what they want, you kind of have to like, you got to show them what they want, you know? No, no, that's, that's the whole thing. Right. Um, it's funny. I, I it, another, something that's worked really well for us too, is that like, you know, you, you get into that, those moments where you're with a client, right? Where you design something, you come up with an idea, you present it and they'll be like, Oh, well, you know, it'll say it's red and it's squares. They'll be like, well, I like circles and I like them yellow. And you're just like, well, okay, <laughs> like, you know, and it's frustrating yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah. But usually what helps us kind of skirt some of that too, especially when we do these crazier ideas is we'll, again, bring it back to the user. Like, mm-hmm. how does the user experience this? How right. does the user experience this? What have they seen? And how can we make it just a little bit better, but mm-hmm. still familiar enough that it doesn't confuse? Right. Or like, what the hell am I looking at? Right. Yeah, exactly. But when we put it in the, when we put our decision-making even abstractly in the context of the viewer and their needs, it's, it's able to get a lot of wild stuff through the yeah. the approval process. Yeah, so it's, that's, yeah, that's true. That's awesome. Yeah. Speaking of Uber, what have you thought of their rebrand? I like it. I yeah. think I think um I think it was smart and it's a lot of fun visually. Um I think that I think their their goal was to make something a lot friendlier than the PR that they were getting visually. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, it was very cold before. I mean, it was really black and gray, like terminator yeah, I mean, colors. Well, like, and they and they knew that, and they right. at least in their brand mantra guideline that we we you know on their site they're like, look, we're not a black car company. <laughs> um, I think that you know, no, I think it's great. I think they, I think what we are able to bring to it though, showing it in motion, brought even more humanism to mm-hmm. it. I'll have to um, check it out. Is it? Out, is did it go out already? Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's we have an Airbnb on. I think it's probably on Uber. Oh, okay. Uh, site somewhere. Nice. So well. I'll check it out. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I liked it. I don't know. Yeah. So you're, you're uh, speaking of your work and some of the stuff that's kind of different, right? Like your title sequence work. I never realized um, how much stuff you had your hand in, which is awesome. Like Sons of Anarchy, the Ali G show, the movie, the interview, Yeah. which I got to ask you about that real quick. But the night before, you know, yeah. all, all great stuff. Uh, especially the last two, working with some similar people, I wonder if there was any synergy there. But what was it like to work on a movie that got banned? <laughs> yeah. I mean? So, like, so the way that that all happened is um, uh, Tony, my um, co-founder, is fr- really, really close friends with um, Evan Goldberg, who who works closely with Seth and mm-hmm. direct together. And oh, um, cool. so we started doing some logo animations for their 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 production company, mm-hmm. and then the interview came up and did this title sequence for them, which was awesome. And we had, I talk about like (laughs) wild ideas. Like we had pictures, we had ideas of, of, you know, Tim Jong-un as a Casper, the friendly ghost rapping to like (laughs) Lil Wayne covers for the title sequence. Like it was, we had these crazy ideas. Like we had, we had one that was, uh, the, the entire title sequence was in North Korean or Korean. And it was, Instead of their names, even mm. though you thought it was, it yeah. was insulting Americans in, in these like <laughs> tongue in cheek way. Well, actually, really insulting yeah. Seth and, yeah. and and James. But that's just we had these wild ideas, and uh, we went for the we ended we netted out on the poster art thing, which I, I think was probably the smartest uh, solution. Yeah, um, 
but yeah, it just went well, so well with them with such a sense of humor that we've, we've just ended up doing a lot more of their sequences. Um, none of us saw the, the whole interview thing go down right. or coming, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, oddly our site didn't elude the hacking either. We got it right, three right, right. times. Um, but yeah, yeah, they, they, yeah. They, they hacked our site and was like, "Oh my god, these guys are going to bore us to death," and <laughs> left us alone. So yeah. it was, it was uh, yeah, that's awesome. I mean, I, I know, I mean, like, I'm a big Sons of, Sons of Anarchy fan, and and that one to me, like you said, like linear, right? It's a very left to right, you know, intro, and uh, that was that was like looks like it was a pretty fun, you know, kind of way to kind of tie in all kinds of stuff, you know, elements of, of, of the show and you know, the scene and all that kind of stuff. And I'm sure that was pretty neat. And the Ali G show was different too. Yeah. Because it was like, to me, it was really neat. Cause it was almost like a, like a fashion element, like a fashion shoot kind of thing. Oh yeah. It, you know, straight like up. flatly lit and the girls and the, the clothing coming in. It was, it was neat, man. Thank you. So what's it was, what was it like to work on those? Because they're all quite different in style, but it's interesting to watch like how they go through those titles. Like, like the, um, the night before is, is very static, right? It was just like the, uh, whole screen was different squares. It kind of went through the different, like uh, as as the night before, different kind of Christmas kind of stuff. But um, tell me, like, how is sequence work similar or different than like all the other stuff you guys have your hand in? Um, I think it's similar in the types of techniques we're able to do and use, and the skill sets we're able to pull from what we know in terms of animation, whether it's After Effects or three D or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what's different is that you have a, like you, you start with the film or, or at least your understanding of the film. Mm-hmm. And usually there's totally something there that that's, whether it's serious or live action or, um, you know, anything. And, and often where we end up with the title sequences is something that adds a layer of surprise to it, mm-hmm. either stylistically or narratively mm-hmm. or, or humorously, like on right. interview, actually for both interview and night before, we didn't need to be that funny because they were going to be hilarious in yeah. the movies. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. So it's like it's. So I think it's it, we just end up you end up making a lot of decisions based off of what's going on in the movie mm-hmm. to complement it and not either try to overpower it or right not like distract from it. Right, not just say I just watched title sequence and I I just know what the entire movie is. Yeah, right. exactly. I mean, and, and it's like, but it usually it's it's it has to be something that accents it in a way that's memorable. Otherwise mm-hmm. you would just do, you know, red or white type over black. That's what I mean. That's like, to me, it's like if you're going to do stuff that you guys have done, that's so interesting, you know, and you sit there and go, well, I don't want to be too funny. These guys are funny, but I can't imagine watching one of their movies and it just being like white text over the fucking screen. No, I mean, and it's exactly, I mean, it's, it is to add something to it on purpose. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it's a waste to do it for no reason. So yeah. it's, that's, that ends up being a lot of the conversations with, with that. Um, we were we finished a third one for them, the uh, title oh. sequence for uh, Sausage Party, which is Oh, my God. I can't wait yeah, to you, fucking see that you movie. Are, your minds are going to be blown. <laughs> You've already seen I guess, right? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's um, <clears throat> So tell me about that, Just and whatever you can, like actual workflow. It, you get brought in, and you're so far removed, I guess, from the process. Is it like... You get to watch the trailer. Do you get to watch the whole movie? Do you get to see like the art? If you know the artwork, it really artwork? depends on the movie. Yeah, um, I guess on those different. we got like on interview. I th- 
I think on almost all of them we got to watch a cut, but it was not usually finished. Yeah, it's like yeah, yeah. But like you a rough get cut, a rough mm-hmm. cut of some sort, so you get a general gist of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you, and then we just what we do is we'll design style frame comps that will set you know run by the the team at the studio mm-hmm. or the directors, and then it will depending on what they like, we'll flesh it out into a full design sequence, and right. then take that into you know various rounds of animation. Right. Right. Oh, that's neat. That's cool. I was wondering about that. Like, uh, we talked to one guy who was a, a screenwriter, and I was like, "What's that like?" And he goes, "I don't know." You know what I mean? Like, yeah. he, he goes, "I've directed movies, you know." So he's like, "I've been that involved, but I'm so far removed normally that it was kind of like you just do it and you get some revisions and that's it, and then you hope that a year down the road you can see this movie and it was what you thought, you know, yeah. like what you wrote." No, I know it's, it's, and it's, yeah, it's interesting how, how it works. And there's like, there's weird things that you wouldn't expect. You know, the formatting issues are, are kind of crazy sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, there's this, we, we've run into this in past projects where there has to be a consistency in font sizes so that the producers get the same sizing. Right. The the egos. Let's just say and, egos. Well, yeah. I mean, it well, it looks like that on the surface, <laughs> but it's it's definitely just from a consistency consistency perspective. <laughs> right, right, right. And then like, you know, one of the other hardest parts too is like, you a lot of the time you're working on a you know twenty five inch max screen, mm-hmm. and you you know what looks good there is completely different on right. you know the Cinerama big, dome right on a big the on a big or something. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. it's you know considering stuff like that. Oh, it is interesting. So yeah. do you, I guess you do stuff like at scale most right where you say like. Well, we can never look at it really. It's right. Kind of, it's, no, I'm saying, yeah, yeah. Besides one or two screenings, but right. yeah, no, yeah. we have to keep it in mind. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So uh, now we're. I can't believe it. Right, we're at about an hour. Are we crazy? Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That flew by. Always, always does. So uh, this next section, we're gonna get a little deep. Okay. All right. Uh, so you know, say keep them to like a minute or two. You know, for responses. Um, so tell me what's the biggest risk you've taken in your career? Oh, definitely moving out here. Yeah. Like I moved, I had, I, after graduating, Micah, I went backpacking Europe for a couple months and then came back. I made a, uh, portfolio animation portfolio in, uh, macromedia director (laughs) way back in the day, put it on a zip disc, sent it out. And then, you know, so we talked my way into a job here and then uh I, I moved out here with didn't know anybody yeah no car nothing and, and i guess i was, was gonna say maybe san francisco but just because you're in the same state doesn't mean you're gonna come all the way out on the coast yeah no they didn't have as much animation work out there and yeah. but I, I yeah and then just sort of you know hacked away at it mm-hmm. and, and figured it out that was it was definitely scary they gave me panic attacks <laughs> i was like well, i don't know anybody <laughs> what'd, you, what'd your family feel like um my mom lived in San Francisco, so she was cool with it. My, yeah, my dad, he didn't, he was cool. He, yeah, he, he understood it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that was that was definitely the. Yeah. You still keep in touch with people back in Baltimore, though. A little bit, mm-hmm. a little bit. Joel, a little bit. Mm-hmm. A lot of people I know out there have actually moved out here. Huh. Um, so it's it's, uh, yeah. No, I I, nice. I see people on Facebook a lot. I'm on a Facebook group with some old. Uh, oh, cool. That stuck it out there. Nice. So yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, yeah. Name your biggest fear creatively. Well, so my biggest fear used to be that I would just get too old to know what's cool and <laughs> creative, you know, and yeah. kind of lose steam on the, yeah. on that. So, yeah. but 
lately, the past couple of years, I've just been like, you know, it, I just sort of let it all go. Yeah. Just, you know, I'm the same person I was when I was 20. Just mm-hmm. maybe a little, I get a little tired a little easier, <laughs> but like it shouldn't stop me from trying or doing anything. With that. Right. that was, that was definitely my fear was that yeah. I would lose your relevancy, in your relevancy, right. but I, I think it's all in your own head. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. You know, a lot of it is that, that, that mental game, you know? Yeah. You have to, you know, just have to go in and at any stage and just tell yourself you're the sickest and best for this particular moment, you know? Nice. Or I just go the opposite way. I just go, no one has any clue what the fuck they're doing. So you're fine. Well, right? and no, I mean, that's, that's, that's the answer to that too. Right. Cause you, if you say that you're like, and then tell yourself that you are the man yeah. for it, like yeah, yeah, it makes yeah. it like, yeah. you know, yeah, that's true. You walk in, you're just like, hello. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> what else can you do? You know? Exactly, exactly. So name your most meaningful moment in your career thus far. Oh, man. Mm, um, told you, we're going fucking meta, bro. Hmm. You know, lately what's been the most meaningful for me, mm-hmm. mo- or I don't know if it's any one moment, but mm-hmm. is when I getting my team to have those breakthrough aha moments design wise where they're struggling with something and we're like coaching them through it. And then they just, you know, you come back an hour later and they just have that concept or that design. That's just like, Oh shit. That's yeah. Yeah. Okay. We solved it. Like I, I find the most joy in seeing others succeed in my studio right now. Honestly, I think I I really, really get a kick out of that. That's true. And, you know, I'm sure, like you said, I'm sure that's why teaching was great too. Yeah, you know? it's like and if it paid better, you'd probably still be doing it. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. I don't know. Believe me, I'll do it now. It doesn't pay shit, man. Yeah, it's tough, you know. <laughs> so tell me, what's the uh, biggest regret you've had in your career? Um, I think the biggest regret is I st- I got really fast at producing work mm-hmm. but i think at the expense of just thinking about it sometimes and right. making sure that it's meaningful or, mm-hmm. or pushing the boundaries enough i started to for a while there i started to rush through things right you're just, just an autopilot just on autopilot mm-hmm. and, pre- and i even realized i was and i think that's probably my biggest regret is, regret is just not slowing down and being like okay let me keep the craft in the forefront here. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. that's it's easy to get lost man it definitely and especially when you I, what I miscalculated with owning a studio is how much other responsibilities came on with it. And then, mm-hmm. so it's hard, it, you know, your ADD kicks in creatively and you're just like, ah, where do I even focus? And so. For sure. For sure. So this is interesting for you, but if, uh, or for anyone really, that's why we asked this, but if you couldn't share your work with anyone, no one, would you still create your art? Yeah, definitely. I, st- I do as it is. Mm-hmm. I spent a lot of time on the side creating, learning. I spent a lot of time doing like tutorials and figuring out new technologies, render styles, graphic approaches, mm. and, and prototype a ton of work that, that just is not never for anything. Yeah. Never sees, but it never sees a day. Usually it ends up feeding exactly, or right. learning a technique right. for something that it does. But right. yeah. I, yeah and just time. sharpening your skills all the time. All the time. For sure. Well, listen, thank you. For yeah. taking time out, man. I hope you had a great time. Yeah, yeah. Can't wait it's to hang fun. out after this, right? Yeah. Um, so where can people check out your stuff and learn more about what you do? Uh definitely go to laundrymat.tv. That's that's the best place to see everything and anything we do as a studio. Um what else? We have 
laundry-la at tumblr.com with mm-hmm. a lot of our um, like design inspiration stuff like that. Design inspiration, a lot of our like just little snippets of gifts of projects. Oh, cool. Um, Check it out. We have a you know pretty big uh, uh, library of stuff on vimeo.com slash laundry. Um, oh, and oh, actually, behance.laundry. That's or behance.net slash laundry. Has mm-hmm. a ton of our. our yeah, behance uh, is great. Our, I'm on there, but I didn't update in a while. Yeah, behance is amazing. It, yeah. You get a sense of like, it's pretty, pretty honest too. Like, there'll be projects where we're like, oh, yeah, that was a banger, and you put it up there and it nothing and some stuff goes up there and you get lots of uh, lots of views and likes right, it's, right. it's an interesting way to get feedback yeah for sure and one quick thing before we go because I, I completely forgot laundry love the name and i when i read it on your site and and because people ask me what, what's fucking laundry mat like what what is this url like what's yeah. this company and then when i read it i thought that's fucking perfect so real quick tell us where did where where did the name come from but obviously kind of like What's the meaning behind it? Okay, so the name, the name, I don't remember when we came up with the name, but the the meaning behind it is we take our ideas are yours, we iron them out, make them presentable in something that, that brands will, will want to wear. It's, that's awesome. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. The, it's the cleanup. Yeah, you know what I mean. Awesome. So yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and that's and that that applies to anything logo animation, full anything. Yeah, anything. like you said, it's fucking perfect. Yeah, you know? it's the pro- it's the process. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. so. no, for sure. So last but not least, who's someone that you would like to hear us talk to on the show? I made a, actually, this is the only thing I, <laughs> I, I made a note about. Um, there, I just found this artist two nights ago online named a uh, music video animator named Ruff Mercy. Mm-hmm. R-U-F-F. R-U-F-F Mercy. Gangster. Amazing dude. He's in like Bristol or somewhere in London or mm-hmm. in, in the UK. Um, I thought his work's like super duper interesting. Yeah. Uh, Hiroki Nakamura, he's the he owns a brand called Visvim, who's you know seems to somehow have balanced business and and literally like a really hands on approach to even making his clothes, hmm. which I thought was fascinating. Nice. This is an easy one. I'd love to hear Elon Musk on here. <laughs> <laughs> Believe me, you and me both. Yeah, but yeah, you know yeah, what? yeah. I'm down. I'm down to take some swings, man. I mean, literally, that's why we do these, and that's why I, I, you know, I was telling Brett earlier. That's why we. Uh, we do them on the recording because it's yeah. kind of like a shout out to, or I should say, a uh, lights fire under my ass, you know? Because yeah. if someone says it and they're like, "I bet you can't," I'm like, "Fuck, yeah. I bet you I will," yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Uh, so it definitely helps. So man, to have an Elon Musk on, yeah, that'd know. be crazy. <laughs> but uh, yeah, there, there's a couple more. But, but yeah, there's yeah, send a, it to me. All right, I'll, yeah, I'll, for I'll sure. shoot you some, some sure. names. But those, yeah, those we, are, we'll uh, always take them. Cool. Warm leads are great, you know. So cool. listen, thank you again. I hope you had a good time. It does fly by though, doesn't it? It does. It, it does. Definitely does. Um, but now we get to go enjoy happy hour. Yeah, totally. So. <laughs> All right, PJ, take right. care. Thanks for having me. No problem. Thank you. Thank you.